welcome to the Better Birth podcast. This season we're doing things a little bit different. All of the episodes in this season are positive birth stories. So get comfy and enjoy. Welcome to the Better Birth podcast. Today I'm talking to Katie Yoroth um, about her positive births. Hi Katie. Hi Erin, how are you? I'm good thanks, lovely to have you on. Do you want yeah. to um, introduce yourself? Yeah, hi I'm uh, Katie um, and um, I am a hypnobirthing director down in Southampton. Um, I also volunteer um, breastfeeding support group um i've got two little ones well first is not quite so little he's four years old now and then i've also got uh, an 18 month old baby as well uh, my daughter so uh keeping me busy uh in lockdown <laughs> <laughs> homeschooling as well as uh, looking after a little one falling around the place um yeah um so yeah and which um which births are you tell you going to talk about today you're going to talk about both of them or just one which one would you like to share yeah I'm, I'm happy to talk about both um yeah they were quite different from each other i suppose um yeah in terms of sort of my attitude and my outlook on things <laughs> and how i approach things um with my first with my eldest um i sort of started off having this kind of attitude that uh, i'm better off not really knowing what was going to happen the whole ignorance is bliss kind of thing and um really it was having a chat with a friend that kind of turned that all on its head and she was the one that kind of made me realize that actually it could be a positive experience and that was a bit of a revelation for me really and my personality i'm quite um I'm a person that does quite like to read up on things look into things and find out information so it's quite at odds with my personality how i was thinking i'm not going to find out what what the situation is and what you know what uh, options are available to me it's a bit at odds really so um it was quite good that i had that chat and turned everything sort of got turned on its head and then i became a really irritating woman to my midwives <laughs> <'cause> I went, <laughs> went in with lots and lots of questions um and uh just to try and find out all the all the answers really um so uh yeah i had that kind of attitude but then i having that chat with that my friend then led me into discovering hypnobirthing uh reading up about it and thinking this all makes complete sense and then i ended up doing a private course with my husband um which was really good quite late on in the pregnancy actually but i but i was so glad that i did that that private course because that just changed everything mm. um and then um sort of fast forward to the actual uh, labour, the uh, contractions or surges, they started on uh, the Friday night um, and I just kind of remember thinking, hmm, I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> Obviously being first time, don't know what to ex expect, do you? Don't know what to um, yeah, expect and what the sensation is going to be like. Um, and that sort of went all the way through to the early hours of Tuesday, um, so it was really quite a long latent phase. Um, and um, my waters went at home, um, but just a, not not like in the movies, just a bit of a trickle. Um, mm. But um, so I was just using the techniques to try and keep myself calm. I think if I, I think it was one of those things where because I'd done the course, I just knew that that 
period of time could take such a long time. So I wasn't kind of getting worked up about how long it was taking. I was using the techniques to keep myself quite calm about everything. Um, so then we got to the point where obviously things started ramping up. I got to the you know three in every ten, <laughs> um, and then we went into the midwife-led unit, and obviously that's quite a change of scenario, isn't it, when you go into hospital? Yeah. So it's quite a brightly lit room, um, and I had no idea that I could decline examinations at the time. I didn't have any kind of concept of that. Yeah. Um, so I said yes uh, when they asked if they wanted to examine me, and found that pretty uncomfortable, and that kind of brought me straight out of my zone that I've got myself in. I've managed to stay in that zone even during the car journey, mm. but it was when I actually got into the um, midwife led unit that that's when things started to change for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, that was quite uncomfortable as the, that particular midwife was a little bit abrupt, so it brought me out of my, my comfort zone. And then, um, then I got moved to the birth room and um, I, I was planning a water birth, so that's what I was aiming for. And we got the environment set up and my husband is a bit of a music buff and he kind of put together a really long um, playlist for me, which was great. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to listen to um, anything with lyrics in. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm a bit weird like that. I, if I'm driving and I've got music on, I find myself getting so distracted by listening to the music. <laughs> Um, so uh, I knew that I was going to have to have something with no lyrics in whatsoever. So I, that, that worked for me. So he put that together for me. Um, so yeah, so I had a, a, a birth room with a pool and I was using a TENS machine. So I put that on at home and I remember thinking, I really don't like this. I want to take this off. So I've got the pads on and then take it off, take it off. And then I tried again when we got into the, into the hospital and um, it seemed to help me then because obviously things have moved on with the with the surges. So um, yeah, using the tens machine and then obviously my hypnobirthing technique. So I was getting to the point where um, I was visualizing a hill to climb with each contraction, and that was getting me through. I was getting to the top of the hill. I've got a nice view, and then I'm going to go down the other side, and that was that was what was getting me through those those um those surges yeah um, so that really worked for me and the hill was getting steeper each time progressing <laughs> <laughs> there's that hill again up the hill breathe down the inside so that's what i was that's what i was doing um and i got to yeah quite i suppose quite far you know through labor before i then um remember saying i think i need a bit of help now i had a particularly intense surge particularly intense contraction and i remember turning to the midwife and saying can i have some gas and air please i remember being ever surprised yeah. can i have some gas and air so that's when i had my gas and air to help me um and yeah the next was the next thing really was that then the midwife um examined me and um this lady was a lot gentler um and she then informed me that I was fully dilated and I could get in the pool. So I remember being really happy about that and quite amazed really that it was only kind of towards the tail end of that that I'd, I'd had to ask for something else. I'd managed to get through with the tens and the hypnobirthing techniques mm -hmm. at that point. Um, so I was really happy to get in the pool and it instantly relaxed me um, as we would, uh, would do. Um, but the, what happened then was that the, the midwife 
whether it was intentional or not, she made the error of telling me that I was on schedule. So I was informed that I would, yes, I would have an hour of uh, self-directed pushing and then an hour of being coached. So um, I just, yeah, obviously now knowing what I know now, that was that the combination of getting in the water relaxing me had the effect of slowing everything down. Um, knowing that I was on this kind of time schedule. Um, yeah, so um, obviously I continued to, work with my contractions and uh, we got to the point where my son's head was actually crowning um, but things had slowed down and so it was a case of getting back out of the pool um, which wasn't easy with <laughs> his head crowning um, and but then what we did is we tried to get things kick-started again by um, wandering around the, the um, midwife ward to try and get things moving um, I remember I was just obviously uh, starkers and completely didn't care and so the midwives just sort of threw my dressing gown over me before I went out the door I don't think there was anyone uh, wandering around at the time I think it was pretty quiet which just as well we had a bit of a shock um, and, uh, I then went off into one of the side rooms um, and just keeping to try and get things going again and with the midwives obviously following me and they sort of suggested maybe try squatting above a toilet, uh, but I just instinctively, no, instantly realised that wasn't going to happen, that wasn't going to work for me. Um, and then we went back into the room and it was apparent, because I'd had that long latent phase, I hadn't really felt like eating a lot. My husband kept trying to, to give me bits of fruit bars and things, but I wasn't really, wasn't really interested. And I think I just ran out of steam. I was getting... I'm pretty tired at that point. Um, so the midwife sort of said, I think we need to kind of, maybe you need a little bit of help now, um, suggested that to me. And it was my husband that kind of stepped in and said, are you sure this is what you want? And I was just like thinking, I'm so glad that he'd done the course with me because at least he knew to be able to step in and check that, hang on, are you happy with this? Are you happy that this is what you want? And before that, my um, my breathing at one point had got a bit out of control and I could feel the like that things were, the panic was rising a bit and he'd actually got my breathing back under control. So that was really great that he'd sort of made me focus on him, mirrored the breathing and got me yeah, back where I needed to be. So, um, so, so grateful that he'd done the course. Um, yeah, so I, I knew instinctively, instinctively I was running out of steam. I knew that I was, um, yeah, needed a little bit of help. So I agreed to um, having my labour augmented. So off I went to um, the, the labour ward. And I just think back to this point and think, right, my son's head was crowning. And I was in this position where I was having to have some help. And I think that could have easily gone one of two ways, <clears throat> if I think about it. Yeah. I could have panicked and things could have escalated quite differently to how they panned out but I remember thinking to myself breathe breathe for me breathe for my baby if I can stay calm that's going to help my baby stay calm there's no getting worked up now is not going to help anyone I remember thinking that to myself so um yeah off I went to the labour ward obviously very different environment um bright lights quite a lot of people 
um, on my back. <laughs> Obviously not planned to do for this to happen at all. Um, and yeah, I was on put onto the Sintosin drip and um, literally within the space of a couple of contractions, because I still was having contractions, they just slowed down. Um, but uh, within the space of a couple of contractions, I remember, I remember turning to the midwife and saying, how long does this take to kick in? <laughs> and she said, it can take a while. I remember having that conversation with her. Um, and then within the space of a couple of contractions, I was like, right, we're doing this. And he was, he was here, he was there. And, and I think it was obviously, he, I was so late on in labor, his head was there and I just, yeah. And then he arrived. Um, so yeah. Uh, and I remember afterwards being really uh, sort of buzzing. I was buzzing. And I remember the was sort of, God, is she okay? Um, and that, now I know obviously that that was the endorphins whizzing around my body. So I'd obviously had, because I'd had a long labour, it was probably 13 hours from like active labour. Mm -hmm. So um, because I'd managed to stay calm and keep going for that length of time, the oxytocin had probably built up enough in me the endorphins are built up enough in me that I was buzzing at the end so that was obviously really really good yeah afterwards. um yeah um and then what, what an amazing um birth partner your yeah. Yeah. husband was like it, it's why it's so important isn't it that they they do the do a course and they, they understand how to effectively support you um he sounds like he did a fantastic job and you did a fantastic job too well, it's, uh, it was all kind of, everything was go, going pretty well up to a particular point. And it was just, I suppose it was just my energy levels that, that then that's, you know, a combination of various things that then led to augmentation. But um, yeah, I, without, without him having the ability to sort of step in, mm. I think that would, things would have been quite different. And I think that's the difference really, because he, he stepped in and he said to me, is this what you want? I then felt that I was informed in that process and yeah. that, that didn't just happen to me. I was that was part of my decision making and I remember thinking yeah I need help now I, I know in myself I need help yeah um, so and that's fine isn't it you know you 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 know plans change things change and it's okay that's um, what it's, that's what those interventions are there for aren't they because they are needed sometimes and I think there's no there's no shame and there's it's not wrong in accepting drugs and accepting help when you need it it's just knowing what you're consenting to isn't it that's the important thing so that you are you do feel like you are the one making that decision and that you are in control of that situation that's what makes it positive isn't it so absolutely yeah absolutely I was on board with it I was involved in it and I think that that's yeah like you say that's why I felt um that my whole experience was a positive one yeah. Um, no, it didn't go quite to my, my birth. I didn't get my water birth. Yeah. <laughs> didn't get my water birth. Um, yeah. And then with my youngest, um, obviously pretty much uh, a lot more informed. I started volunteering at a breastfeeding support group since then. So I, I then sort of come across obviously lots and lots of ladies um, coming in with um, their birth experiences. Um, so a bit more clued up on things. Um, and yeah, so I, I was yeah quite a, a bit more involved, and the midwife. I remember my community midwife telling me that they wouldn't take the clock off the wall, um, which I found a bit strange. Um, but they did, and there was no problems there. Um, so yeah, it was interesting, kind of 
obviously I put together my birth plan again, but it was a little bit different with what I learned and what I, and my knowledge. So, um, yeah, I think perhaps that was, was, came as a bit of a surprise that I'd written that like I had. Um, but I had Braxton Hicks with this labor. So, and I didn't have that with my first. So I was slightly in denial. I thought, ah, no, I'm just having Braxton Hicks. Um, and I had a curry, um, I love Indian food. So I had a curry just to see if I could get things moving. <laughs> um, and I was doing weaving as well. So I kind of absorbed myself in that. I love crafting things. So I was absorbing myself in doing the weaving. And then I sort of took myself off to the bedroom when it all got a bit much. And I remember leaning forward over the bed thinking this is where I need to be. And then I rang the labor line um, in our area, we've got that sort of like a central labour line. Um, midwife said that the contractions were coming pretty fast. So um, I went in around about half past three in the morning. Um, and then when I got there, um, I was a I felt far more assertive and far more in control. Obviously, like the second time around, you've been through it before, you know a little bit more about what to expect. So went in, said, can we get the bed over? Can we lower the bed? And then I just knelt on the floor in the same position I've been in at home. I just felt instinctively like that was where I needed to be. Um, and I put that I didn't want any examinations in my plan this time round. Um, so I instinctively stayed in that position, didn't move from that position. Um, so I had my tens machine again, still planning a water birth. Um, and uh, yeah, that didn't happen again. <laughs> my daughter had other ideas. Um, and then I was having gas and air as well with this labor. Um, my Interestingly, what happened was my waters hadn't actually gone, um, but uh, I, I was just wearing tracksuit bottoms. And then uh, in between my surges, I just had this impulsion to just take everything off. So I did. And then with the next contraction, my waters went. Yeah. So, uh, it was just quite funny. I just thought, oh, well, I obviously knew that I needed to take everything off. Um, so I was quite, quite amusing. Um, yeah, and then my daughter, she was born. So I went in at half three in the morning and my daughter was born at 5.27. So I was obviously, yeah, pretty sort of um, well established in labour before I went in. Um, and she actually had, I didn't see this, but she actually had part of the amniotic sac covering her face. Um, which, um, yeah, I would have, it would have been nice to have seen all of that, but I didn't do that. And they obviously just whipped that away straight away. So she was a little bit mucusy. Um, um, yeah, so that was, that was just like a whirlwind compared to my first, really. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, in all of that, all of the excitement, uh, um, I, I'll blame my husband, he forgot the nappies. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah thankfully the hospital came to our rescue because it was a sunday that i gave birth so nothing was open and buy some so i remember going you forgot the nappies the nappies i was like well i had other things on my mind yeah um, I had them by the front door all the time. <laughs> well, that's right that's right um but no anyway um so yeah um and then when it came to afterwards with both of them they both had a, a tongue tie mm -hmm. so my first was picked up pretty quickly within actually within um just few days so that didn't cause problems but then with my second she was having reflux symptoms mm -hmm. so um uh, <clears throat> i asked if we could get the the tongue tie checked and we got that snipped um to try and improve things so 
Um, but uh, as you know, Erin, I am dairy free. Um, so uh, yeah, she, she's got, uh, looks like she's got a mild cosmic allergy like my first. So uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's there, though. Like, but, I mean, both, I think they're both, they're both amazing in different ways. Mm. Um, do you do you feel like your second I mean second births tend to be quicker anyway don't they but do you think it was that fast you know probably you know staying at home and mm. kind of you know um listening to your body and going with your instincts and things maybe helped and, and maybe not having those vaginal exams maybe yeah I mean I, I definitely I think that um in my first it was the first exam that you know brought me out of my comfort zone definitely and um i had to work quite hard to get back into the right headspace again um when i said moved into that birthing room um but yeah i think um staying at home uh definitely helped i actually i remember speaking to the midwife and she said do you you know your contractions are coming quite quickly do you do you want to go in and i said actually I, oh, i'm happy to wait a bit longer rung off and then thought about it and then thought no I'll I'll bring her back and I'll go in. <laughs> I think, yeah you know it's funny isn't it because you think I know that I should stay at home as long as I possibly can and that yeah. I feel comfortable with and then I had to sort of think to myself hmm maybe it might be a good idea if I went in because yeah. I think about the journey and how long it would take me to, me to get to the get into the to the midwife led unit so, yeah uh, yeah yeah but um no we are quite different birth experiences I would say but um uh hypnobirthing I think well I, I don't really know it's interesting you just, I just don't know obviously we'll never know how it would have panned out without the, that but the breathing it was just everything for me yeah um, being able to stay calm and yeah like I say having my husband on board with with what you know uh what I was doing and he knew what how to step in I think it it was really good. It didn't he didn't feel like a spare wheel, you know, just somebody just sat in the corner, really. Yeah, uh, yeah the difference, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's common. It's a common thing for birth partners to feel kind of slightly separated from the process, or like, or or worried about how they're going to support their partner when when they're in labour. Um, and being able to kind of help coach them with the breathing is a nice way to be involved. And actually. A lot of my clients, it's the breathing techniques that they 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 kind of sing about afterwards. It's the thing that really really helped them is the breathing techniques, and their birth partners kind of doing the breathing techniques and then kind of mirroring and copying that really helps them with the surges when they get quite intense. So it's quite a powerful tool, I think, to use. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so no, I think yeah, just yeah. Well. <laughs> Look, obviously look back on it fondly and that's why I, I you know sort of decided to, to, to train as a, an instructor because I want to help others have yeah. similar, similar experiences positive experiences so yeah oh and yeah. how amazing you had two positive positive births I think that's it's yeah I think that's amazing it's you know it's having a and a not so positive birth myself um, I think it's it's so wonderful when I hear that people do hypnobirthing and they do prep for their first. Whenever mm. I get first time parents, I'm always like, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're doing a course. I don't care if you're doing it with me or somebody else, just as long as you're doing a course and you're, and you're preparing, because it really does help to, put, to prevent the chances of having that traumatic experience. Mm. So, 
Yeah, thank you so much for for sharing your birth stories with me. I've really enjoyed listening to them. Absolutely, no problem. Yeah, no, my pleasure. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to find you online, where can they find you? Um, so you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. So I'm Heavenly Hips and Birthing, going to Southampton. Um, and I've also got a website as well. Um, so it's heavenlyhipsandbirthing.co.uk. Um, so yeah, you can find me in those places. Thank you so much, Katie. No problem, Erin. Yeah, lovely to chat to you. You too.